0: Well, glory to God, I'm excited this morning about what God is doing. Yeah. Somebody came up to me Friday night and um, really, really gave me my message for this morning. They didn't know it, but they did. They came up to me and they said, for years and years and years, and to me it's the greatest testimony that you can have. They have been a Christian. And uh, they had been serving the Lord the best they knew, but they weren't growing. And they said, since coming here... They had been growing and understanding the need for coming to church, understanding the word for the first time in their lives. You know, it's one thing to give somebody a fish. You've heard the saying. It's another thing to teach them how to fish. Do you understand the concept there? You know, if we just get up here and we tell you, if we lay hands on you, you'll be healed. You understand what I'm saying with that? If, if if every person has to come to a minister in order to be healed, well that's going to limit what God can do. It's going to limit. It's going to put limitations. It's going to put you in a box. But if we get up here and we try to explain to you, no, you don't have to have us lay hands on you. You can lay hands on yourself. You can speak the word over yourself. You don't have to have us give you money and pull you out of this hole that you've gotten into or the devil's gotten you into or whatever the situation is. But we can tell you how to get out of that hole. Then you may stay out of that hole and not stay constantly having to give you money. You know, like in these foreign countries sometimes. It's sad because you just keep pumping money in there and pumping money in there and pumping money in there. But if you give them the word, and it'll change their life forever. I know we were in a third world country one time, and and there was this man. And they told him, well, third world countries, they're going to be broke no matter what you do, you know. and uh, But this guy got a hold to the word, and he started believing some things about prosperity. So he started. They don't have much there, so but he started cutting grass. And he'd take this grass what we would think probably is, hey, it was so tall, and he'd take this grass and he'd bundle it up and he'd make a little coverlet for it and he'd make mattresses out of it. Well, he became very, very wealthy by their standards there. He was able to buy himself a bicycle, then he was able to step up from there and buy himself a car. Well, third world countries can't prosper. Well, they say don't teach prosperity message in third world countries. Well, they're the ones that need it the most. You know, because if it works here, it works there. The Word is the Word, and it doesn't change no matter who you are or where you are. But to me, that is the greatest testimony of all the testimonies that we've had. I mean, I love to hear that cancer's healed. I love to hear that somebody's bills are met. I love to hear that you have enough money to to pay for whatever you need. But if somebody just comes up to you and gives it to you and it supplies your need, then you're going to need it again. Or if somebody, if if Dave's sick and we lay hands on him and pray for him, and all of his faith is totally based upon us praying for him, well, if he gets sick in the nighttime and he don't have time to get to us, he's not going to know what to do. The greatest testimony is that we are growing up and we're learning how to do things for ourselves. We're growing up and and we can see it. It, That is the most wonderful thing in in what we have changed our lives to do here. I mean, in traveling, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It is the most wonderful thing. Things happen. You get to see different visions. You get to see different things happening with people. People will come into a service when a guest minister is there that won't ever come to church, you know, like they'll see Keith on Brother Copeland's show and they'll say, well, I want to go just hear him, you know, and Maybe never go to church or something. So they'll come to a service and God will meet them where they are. But we as a church family should constantly be trying to grow. We should be constantly learning how to fend for ourselves, constantly growing and rising in the things of God to where that you don't have to come to us every time that you have a little headache or that you have a a bill that you need. You know immediately that you can get your Bible out and you can stand on the Word and you can overcome whatever the devil throws at you right by yourself in your own bedroom, in your own house, with your own kids. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Let's thank God for that. I think that's very important this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Not only did you give us your word, but you perform it in our lives. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for helping us to learn more and to grow more, Father. We thank you for all the things that you're doing for us each and every day in our lives and bringing revelation as we read your word and showing us how to stand in every situation and every circumstance. Thank you for it, Lord. Lord, we just ask you this morning for utterance. For words to say that will help the people the most, Father. That's my heart's desire, Father. Or the things that's going to put people over and bring them through. And and things that the devil's attacked them on, they can look him in the face and say, No, you can't do that. So, Lord, we just ask you for utterance this morning. And grace to do the things that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, glory. Turn with me this morning to Romans 7. And I'm going to be reading a lot out of the Amplified Bible so you don't even have to turn if you don't want to. You can listen and jot it down. I do urge you to do that because it's not good that any person just take anybody's word for the word, that they look it up for themselves and they see that it says what the minister is saying that it says. Because that's the only way that you do grow in faith is that you believe it for yourself. Hallelujah. Romans 7, 15. I can remember when this was this was like me spelled forwards and backwards and inside and out and up and down and all the way around. And, and Now, when I read it, don't anybody um, bow your head or look down or anything like that because everybody's going to know it's you too. So I'm just going to look straight forward and I'm just going to read it and we're just going to smile and nobody's going to know it's talking about us. All right? All right. For I do not understand my own actions. You ever been there? I am baffled, bewildered. I do not practice or accomplish what I wish but I do the very thing that I loathe which my moral instincts condemns. Yeah. Have you ever been there? Don't don't shake don't raise your hands. You don't have to tell on yourself. Somebody in the back is waving both of them. Glory to God. <laughs> You ever been there to where, you know, you've been in a circumstance. I know when Keith and I first got in the ministry and stuff, we knew absolutely nothing about the Word. Absolutely nothing. We had gotten a hold of some of Brother Copeland's ta- tapes. Thank God for Brother and Sister Copeland. I mean, they turned our lives around 20-something years ago. And um, we got a hold of some of their tapes, and we didn't know anything. And everything we said was wrong. So... um we, I know I'd get into circumstances and situations and we'd get around spiritual people. God's graced us to where we've been around some some very spiritual people. And you get nervous. You ever done it? You get nervous. And it's like, you know, you get in there and you say things that you wish to goodness you would not have ever said. You think, If you'd have just kept your mouth shut, they wouldn't have known how dumb you were. But you get in there and you spill your guts and you don't know enough to fill up a thimble. But yet and still, you got to tell them what you know. Well, I did that so many times and embarrassed myself so many times. I was, it was horrible because I was raised Catholic. I knew absolutely nothing about the word. And you get around all these people that's been in the word for several years and you spill your guts and they say, they kind of look at you kind of funny. And you get home and you think, you idiot, you dummy, why did you say that? You know, and you do exactly what you don't want to do, but it just seems like you can't help it. And um, so Keith would tell me, well, Phyllis, when you get nervous, just be quiet. You don't say anything. <laughs> and I'd say, yeah, that's easier said than done, you know. It's when you get nervous is when you want to talk too much, you know, and say too much, you know. So, but anyway, that was me. So this verse, let me read it to you. Y'all listen to it. Don't look down and just listen to what this says out of the Amplified. Unless you have an Amplified, then read it with me. It says, for I do not understand my own actions. That's where I was. I was baffled. I was bewildered. I do not practice or accomplish what I wish, but I do everything that I loathe. I do the very thing that I loathe, it says, which my moral instinct condemns. Well, I want to get past that. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to stay in that position. Turn with me to Romans 18. No, Romans 7:18, 18, verse 18. Just right there where you are. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot perform it. You ever been there? You want to do the right thing, but you just can't seem to do it. You know what's right, but you still can't seem to do it. I have the intention and the urge to do what's right, but no power to carry it out. For I fail to practice the good deeds I desire to do, but the evil deeds that I do not desire to do are what I'm ever doing. Now, don't raise your hand. That was me. I'm talking about me, okay? And y'all don't have to tell anybody that it's talking about you. I, you know, when you're when you're young, you do things that you just can't understand. I mean, there's people all the time. Like the other day, I had the news on, and um, I don't know if you know who he is or not, but he's that actor, Robert Downey Jr., And I saw him on the news and something on the inside just stirred me up to pray for him. I mean, for strength in his inner man, whether he knows it or not, you know, because they go on to tell the story. The poor man can't hardly help himself. His daddy started him on drugs when he was five years old. He said he didn't know anything was wrong with marijuana. Well, what kind of kid is that going to raise up? You know, I know other people that their parents put alcohol in their bottles and things like that, you know, to get them to be quiet and things like that. Well, what kind of thing is that going to raise up? Well, they it's like they have absolutely no control over their lives. You can t- could tell by his face. He didn't want to be in jail again. You know, who wants to be in jail again? But he couldn't help it. He absolutely could not help it. He could not do the things that he wanted to do. He kept doing the things that he didn't want to do. We've all been there. We've all been there to where we've we've had to do that. Read with me again in Romans 24, and let's see what happens. 7.24, sorry. Y'all help me out here this morning. Oh, unhappy and pitiful and wretched man that I am, who will release me from the shackles of this body of death? Who can help us to overcome this, that we are constantly doing the things that we don't want to do? How are we ever going to get past that? Well, everybody look at verse 25. Oh, thank God, He will. Glory to God. He will help us to get past those things. And through Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, our Lord, so then I indeed myself... Um, with a mind and heart, serve the law of God, but with the flesh I serve the law of sin. So we can't do it on our own. That's a given fact. That's what happens to people. They try and 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 they fail and they fail and they fail and they fail and they get condemned and they get condemned and they get condemned and they get worse and they get more condemned because they think, why did I do it again? Have you ever done something a thousand times and had to repent for it a thousand times? You know, a thousand's a lot. Uh, 10 times, 20 times. And you think you don't even want to go to God about it again because you've had to repent for it so many times. You know, you don't even want to go to God and say, oh God, forgive me again. I messed up again. But what you don't know is, if you really repented the time before, God don't even remember it, and this is the first time you came to him about that situation. Because he says he erases them, he blots them out, he doesn't even remember them anymore. So it doesn't matter how bad you messed up the times before. He's erased it, he's washed it out, and it doesn't matter that you've done it for the hundredth time. All he knows is that you're coming to him this time and asking him to forgive you for this time say you blabbed your mouth too much now you can't tell i know you can't tell that i'm a talker <laughs> i know y'all can't tell that but i have gotten myself in some pretty fixes by opening this mouth too many times it's like open mouth insert foot you know i know the first time um, gosh it was in the early 80s um we were traveling then as we did for 20 years with brother Hagen. And uh, Brother Hagen's brother had become seriously ill, and so he was doing a crusade in Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, that was actually close to our hometown. And so he called. We were both at work. Keith was teaching healing school, and, and I was um, at my job. And he called, and he said, um, uh, I need you all to come and take this crusade over, and I need you all to, to finish it up because the advertising's out. We have to have somebody here. So we jumped in a plane within an hour and got all of our stuff packed, and, and we were there in Jackson. Well, you know... We walk up to the door, and I think Dad's going to just be glad to see us. Well, we've had, he and I have had this funny, funny relationship for a long time. And um, he walks up to the door, Keith walks up to the door, and he says, Keith, you didn't bring your talking machine? I thought, Dad, what are you doing, you know? But that's the kind of relationship I've had with him from day one. And so I don't, I don't think I need to stop talking. I just need to say the right things. <laughs> now, somebody say, okay, agree with me, all right? <laughs> All right, glory to God. So you get condemned. You say the wrong things and you get condemned. Look at Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus and who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. So there's no condemnation if you're trying to walk after the Spirit, if you're walking after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, and the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. Verse 3. For God has done what the law could not. Being weakened by the flesh. You ever feel too weak to take control of the situation? Weakened by the flesh. The entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending His own Son in the guise of a sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin. Now get this next part, in the flesh. Now how did He do that? What did He do with the flesh He and sin? He subdued it. He overcame it. He deprived it of its power. He overcame over all who accept the sacrifice. Now, it only happens if you accept it. Now, that's where the difference comes in. There's people in here this morning. They know they're supposed to be doing certain things. They know they're supposed to be not living according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. But it won't matter what I say before we get out of here. They're going to agree with me while I'm in here and walk out that door and still go back to living the things of the flesh because that's what they choose to do. Well, it won't work for them. You've got to accept the sacrifice. You've got to accept what Jesus did for you. Now, let's look... um, At verse, let's see, 5, right there past that. For those who are according to the flesh are controlled by its holy desires, and they set their minds and purpose on things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds and seek those things which gratify the Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh... In this sense and reason, without the Holy Spirit is what? To be, I think the King James says, to be carnally minded is death. So, go ahead reading. And death, in the Amplified, it says, Death with all its miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. Not only are you going to pay for your sins here, you're going to pay for them in the hereafter. So that's a bad thing. Okay, but the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and peace, both now and forever. So if you're carnally minded, you're going to have what? You're you're not only going to have it here, but you're going to have it in the hereafter. If you're spiritually minded, you're going to have what? Is anybody in here not having life and peace? Don't raise your hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are there areas in your life that you don't have life? Are there areas in your life that you don't have victory? Are there areas in your life that you don't have peace? Are there areas in your life that you have death? Well, in those areas, you're not seeking to be spiritually minded, but you're seeking carnally minded. Because if you were seeking spiritually minded, I didn't say it. What did the Bible say? You'd have life and peace. So in those areas of your life, you haven't sought the Lord on them. You've decided I can take care of them all by myself. And you've let your flesh and your mind help you to take care of them. Those areas of your life. Now, I didn't say every area of your life was death. Say you're born again. Say you're saved. Well, in that area of your life, you know instantly, if I was to walk up to you and I would say, are you going to heaven? You would say instantly, yes, I have life. I have eternal life. Correct? If I walked up to, to any of you in here, if I, say, I said to Tammy this morning, I said, Tammy, you know, um, are you saved? Do you have life? She could instantly tell me, yes, I have eternal life. Because that's an area that she has already turned over to the Lord. She has life and peace in that area. She don't stay awake at night wondering, am I going to heaven? She's already made that decision based upon what the Word says. She's already chosen to do what the Word says in that area. She walked the aisle someplace. She gave her heart to the Lord someplace. And the devil can come to her mind and say, you're not saved, but she'll just combat him. And she'll say instantly, no, I know I'm saved. She has life in that area. She has peace in that area. I guarantee you, you couldn't convince her if you walked up to her today and said, you're going to hell, Tammy. You're going to hell. You could not convince her of that. She'd rather beat you with a baseball bat than say she is going to hell. Because she has life in that area. I got to take this earring off. Y'all hear it? Keep knocking. It's bothering me it's going right in this microphone in my ear. So, So it looks good now, don't it? So anyway, she has life in that area. There's nothing that can steal that life from her. But now she might get sick in her body, and I'm not saying she's going to, but she might get sick in her body and stay up all night long being concerned about it. She might be concerned if she got a report today, Tammy, you have cancer. You're going to be dead in three months. Well, is there life and peace in that, in her? Instantly, there's probably turmoil in her. She does not have life and peace in that area. Because she is carnally minded in that area. By carnally minded, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that you don't know what the Word says about it. You don't know what the Spirit says about it. You don't know enough to have life and peace about that area. Just like what Rick was saying. Just exactly like what he was saying. Okay, this bill came due. The check is going to bounce. We don't have the money to pay it. Well, the crying and the fear and him knowing that the check had bounced is absolutely death in that area. It's death in that area because he did not know enough. He said they had just gotten into the word. They hadn't been into it too long. Well, the more you get into those things, the more you're going to be able to stand and resist against them. Well, it only took like what I taught on a few weeks ago, that faith victory, that the money came for him to be stronger in faith the next time that a bill came. So the next time that a bill came, it wasn't as hard for him to stand against the problem because he'd seen the faith victory that he'd had the week before. So he began to grow in that area. He began to, he even said so, study out things in that area. So he became, he started to become more spiritually minded. Do you know the stronger that your flesh is? The more that you think about those things, the stronger that your flesh is, the more easy it is to get depressed about them. The stronger that your flesh is, the more devastating bad reports are to you. If you, if you constantly are sitting there feeding your flesh on bad TV shows about people dying with cancer, bad shows about people robbing and stealing and killing, and you're constantly feeding your flesh pornography. You're constantly feeding your flesh all these things. Well then when a situation arises that you've got to stand and resist you're going to be carnally minded. You're not going to be able to be spiritually minded. Where if you had just gotten up that morning and you'd spent half a day reading about by Jesus stripes I was healed. Jesus took my infirmities and he bare my sicknesses and I don't have to bear them because He bore them for me. And you spent just all day meditating on that. And you go to the doctor for your yearly checkup. Nothing's wrong with you. And you walk in there and the doctor says, You know what? You have diabetes and you have six months to live. What is that going to do to you? It's going to totally and completely devastate you. Because you have absolutely no foundation underneath you to be able to stand and resist that. You are carnally minded in that area. You're weak in that area. And weakness and carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded, if you knew that the word said, by Jesus stripes, I was healed, and you hear what the doctor's telling you, and you hear the bad reports, sure, it's going to be something that you have to overcome, but you can overcome it. I mean, I've been around people that are spiritual. I'd say we've been around some of the most spiritual people in the world today, and When situations happen in their lives, they are human. Just like you are human and just like I'm human. They hear a bad report and they have to deal with it just exactly the same way that you have to deal with it. But they have a choice. It's almost like a split second choice. When you hear an evil report, you have a choice to make at that moment. Instantly at that moment. Your flesh rises up. And they say you're going to die. You have a year to live. You're going to die. Get your, get your stuff in order. Well, you start looking instantly your mind will will flash caskets and funerals and this kind of stuff in front. You've got cancer. You're, 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 you're out of here. You've got AIDS. There's no cure for AIDS. You're going to die. You get that report. Well, that is the moment that the decision is made if you're spiritually minded or you're carnally minded. That instant you have a choice to make. You either give in to it, and you get depressed, and you go home, and you close your doors, and you cry, and you feel sorry for yourself, and you die. Because to be carnally minded is what? Death. I didn't say it. That's what we just read in the Bible. Look in your Bible. To be carnally minded is death. But if you know what the Scripture says in regards to healing... And that doctor gives you a bad report. It's going to it's going to do something to you. It's going to blow you back. It's going to set you back for maybe about ten seconds. Mm -hmm. Then, out of the abundance of the what? The heart. The mouth does what? Or leaks? (laughs) Whatever's in your heart at that moment in time is going to leak out of you. I know we had a friend. And uh, he said, he told his wife one night, he said, um, it's silly, silly, silly. He said, I want to see how spiritual you are. And he got this ball, ball, peen hammer. And he said, I'm going to wake you up in the nighttime and hit your finger with it. And I want to see what comes out. (laughs) Weird, right? But the point is still good. When When the pressure is on, what leaks out of you? What comes out of you? Is it fear, total fear and devastation that there's no cure for cancer, there's no cure for AIDS, there's no cure for your situation? You've got to die. Well, do you accept that and be carnally minded or do you instantly think I've got to get to somebody that knows something about healing? I may not be strong enough myself, but I've got enough wisdom to know that I need to get fed in this area. I've got enough wisdom to know that I need to get some word in this area. I mean, we have already had, I bet you, six. And, and that's absolutely no exaggeration. People with brain cancers and tumors and gross since we've started the church five months and two weeks ago, I guess it is, that have been totally sent home with clean bill of health. Now, that's not us laying hands on them. You understand that? That is God working in their lives. We have not had one healing line up here to where uh, Keith laid hands on somebody and said, You be healed. That's God. And them growing enough in the Word to where when that situation arose in their life, they knew instantly, We can overcome this. That's right. We have the power within us to overcome this. We're getting fed. We know how to overcome this. So to be spiritually minded is what? What? life say you've got a lot of bills piled up on your table say you've got a lot of pressure in that area are you going to go home and sit there with those bills and cry and make a little puddle to where you can't even read the numbers on it anymore or are you going to get the word out and become spiritually minded in that situation become strong enough to where it doesn't matter what the bill looks like, it doesn't matter if you have the money to give your tithes and pay your bill or not, you know, and I'll throw something in right there, it's sure a lot easier to pay that bill after you've given your tithes. It's sure a lot easier to believe God after you've sown to stand and believe God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory after you've given your tithes than it is to spend the tithes and say, God, I'm going to give you back your tithe money and go ahead and pay your bill. Because you don't have enough most of the time to do either one. That's right. That's right. Most of the time, if that situation arises, you don't have enough to completely pay the bill anyway. And you sure don't have enough to do both. So you have a choice to make. That's right. That's right. Are you going to be spiritually minded and say, you know what? I've got to take care of this uh, tithes. I'm going to give offerings because I know this is my seed. And if I eat my seed, then I won't have any more to come in. I may get this bill taken care of, but I may not get the five that come after it taken care of. Because if you tithe, the devourer is rebuked. He can't keep attacking you. You don't have to do anything except tithe and the devourer is rebuked. So that's being spiritually minded and using your wisdom enough to know that I've done that so I can stand in this area. I don't care what these bills say because I know that my father will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That's being spiritually minded. That's not becoming devastated because a $30,000 bill slapped on your table this morning. Which could devastate anybody. What you do is you take that split second. That's when battles are won and that's when battles are lost. Is in that split second. When you get the report... You choose at that moment to decide whether you're going to go the spiritual way or whether you're going to go the carnal way. And just know ahead of time what the Bible says. You go the carnal way and it's going to be what? Death. But you go the spiritual way and even though your natural carnal, fleshy carnal, fleshy carnal, fleshy carnal mind doesn't understand it, God said if you go the spiritual way, it's what? And not only just life, but what? What? Peace. Here and hereafter. Not only are you going to pay for your sins here, but you're going to pay for them in the hereafter. Not only are you going to have life here, but you're going to have it in the hereafter. Glory to God. Well, how do you... Turn yourself around in these areas. How do you become the kind of person that can instantly know what to do in these situations, that can instantly overcome these situations? How do you train yourself to where when you are at a big gathering and you don't open your mouth like I did and say the things that, you know, you don't want to say? Say more than you should say. Quote the wrong scriptures. Say the wrong thing. Show people how really dumb you are like I've done. Y'all don't have to nod your heads or anything, you know. Because I know nobody's done that but me. Turn to James 3. And we're going to get some answers. Are y'all getting anything this morning? Yes. I was excited about it. Because this can help you to grow. Grow. It can help you to turn your life around. It can help you if you've been going on this path and you begin to do these things. You've been doing the wrong things. You've been carnally minded in this area. And you do a turnaround and you do an about face and you become spiritually minded. You can overcome anything that the devil throws at you. Look at James 3. For we all often stumble. Anybody that tells you that they don't is not in line with the Bible. Because it just said right here, for we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in what? Speech, the Amplified says, never says the wrong things. He is fully developed in character and perf- and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and his entire nature. Do you want to be able to control your whole body and your entire nature, your entire life that's around you? Well, let's see how to do it. Read verse 3. If we set bits in the horse's mouths to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies about. Likewise, look at the ships. Though they are so great and are given by rough winds, are driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines, even so the tongue is a little member, and it can boast great things. See how much wood, or how great a forest, a tiny spark can set ablaze. So how do we begin turning our life around? Turn to Mark. Let's, don't lose your place there, In James, we may read it again. Turn to Mark 11. Mark 11, of course, what verse? 23. 23. The end of 22, 22, 23. And Jesus answering says unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall what? Unto this mountain be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he what? Shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he what? So how do you get things turned around in your life? By saying them. Read it again. And I want you to read, say with me every time, every person in here. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he, who will, he shall have whatsoever he says now glory to God y'all ought to be shouting because really in reality that is the answer that is the answer what have you been saying all your life that has put you where you are today what have you been saying have you been saying my mother and father had cancer and I guess I'll have cancer too it's hereditary it's in my family I'll get it too I heard I, I, I just cringed when I heard it the other night I had the TV on some of you may have seen it. I had Larry King on, and he was talking to David Letterman, and David Letterman said, I knew I would die with a heart attack. all my family did now and I just cringed on the inside of me when he said that because I thought, don't you know what you're saying? Well, he didn't, of course, but when you when you stay around this so much, those kind of things you just oh. It just kind of hits you in your stomach. You know, when you hear somebody say things like that. When you say, oh, I've got a bad back, I can't lift that. That means you've just prophesied over your back. I have a bad back, therefore, I can't do what I need to do. I can't run because I hurt my ankle years ago and I have a bad ankle. I have bad eyes. I just can't see that. I'm hitting somebody. It must be something's going on over here in this corner over here. I'm, and I'm not trying to, but I want you to understand the importance of what you're saying. You're not only, it just said you would have whatever you said. It didn't say just for the good. It didn't say all the good things you say will come to pass. What did it say? Whatever you say, you'll have. I have the worst kids in the country. I I have the worst mother. She drives me crazy. I cannot stand to be around her. I just can't put up with her. I can't handle it anymore. What are you prophesying? Are things going to get better with your mother? My kids are in the slow class. They're slow learners. Wow. Good. Yeah. I never have enough money to pay the bills. I just always run out of money. Good. Good. I never have enough. No matter what I do, I never have enough. My kids never get into the best colleges. I don't know what the deal is. I try and try and try, but they just are not smart enough. I can't eat that. Every time I eat that, I get heartburn. Are you just prophesying over yourself that you can never eat a spicy food again? Brother Hagen is 85 years old. Let me tell you something. The man will eat anything. (laughs) We fly home from meetings. The meeting gets out at 10 or 11 o'clock. By the time we get to the airplane, it's midnight. We've ordered six double pepperoni pizzas and eat them flying at 40,000 feet at 2 o'clock in the morning. And he eats more than anybody. He's 85 years old. Keith asked him one time, he said, He said, Dad, He said, you know, there's not a lot of people that could eat pepperoni pizza at 40,000 feet at 2 o'clock in the morning. And Brother Higgins says, Yeah, I know. My doctor told me most people my age were dead. (laughs) It's a fact. It's a fact. My mother died when I was 80. I guess I'll die when I'm 80. You know, I just have allergies to dairy products. I can't eat them. What have you been saying? Is that what you want in your life? No, 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 no. This is my favorite. This is the one I had to overcome. Nobody else had to overcome anything, I know. But I, I'm, a, I, I'm an honest person. I don't know if you know that or not. But I just spill my guts if it's going to help somebody. Keith asked me years ago when we started doing ministry stuff. He said, Phyllis, can I tell them about what you did with that? I said, is it going to help them? He said, sure it will. I said, tell them. <laughs> tell them. Because, I mean, everybody's got to overcome something, and anybody tells you they don't is a liar. Well, I weighed 185 pounds, and I confessed it. I said, every time I eat something, every time I look at food, I gain weight. I've got the slowest metabolism of anybody in the country. I've tried every diet. I've tried everything. I can starve to death and gain weight. (laughs) Everything I eat just goes right on my hips. Well, it becomes no longer a food issue. It becomes a faith issue. It becomes a mouth issue. I have a great metabolism now. You won't hear me say anything else. I can eat whatever I want to and I never gain weight. I will never die of cancer. I will never die of heart disease or diabetes or high blood pressure. I will never be in a plane crash. I will never have a car accident. I will never, ever, ever, ever die from some sickness and disease. I won't do it. But now what are you saying? What have you been saying? When you wake up in the morning, man, I feel bad today. You just prophesied over your day. Is it going to be that way all day long? You just prophesied it, you said it with your mouth, you will have it. What would our kids do if constantly we were saying, you're the smartest kid in the class, you're one of the smartest kids in the class, you're bright, you're sharp, you catch on quickly. You get it before everybody else gets it. You'll get in the best college. We'll have all the money we need to send you to college. Instead of laying in bed at night, I don't know how we're going to save this money up to get them to college. We can't even we can't even pay the bills we got now much. Let's put money back for the kids' college. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? That bill's due and that bill's due. And we said we were going to take ten percent out and start putting it back for the kids' college, but we don't have it. Kids, I guess I guess they just won't go to college. You just prophesied. My eyesight's getting worse and worse. I don't know what's happening. Day after day after day, it gets worse and worse. Every time I go to the doctor, they say it's worse. Every time I get around cigarette smoke, my throat closes up. What are you saying over your life? What are you confessing over your life? What do you want to happen in your life? James tells us, that everything in our life is controlled by our tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Are you spiritually minded where your tongue is concerned? Are you carnally minded where your tongue is concerned? So what if every person that you know and every family relative that you know has had cancer and has died at 45? They, they can fall at your left, they can fall at your right, but it won't come near you. That's what you need to be saying. You need to say, I will never get cancer. I'll never have arthritis. Never have arthritis. My ears and my eyesight will be great till the day I die. I can eat anything. That's a good one. I keep coming back to that. Y'all get that, right? I can eat anything and I never gain weight. I can go anywhere. I can stay up late. People are beginning to get into these things. I'm a morning person. I fall asleep at seven o'clock. I can't stay up. They put theirself in a box by the words of their mouth. I can't stand to get up early in the morning. So when you have to get up early in the morning, what's going on with you, Mr. Grumpy, Miss Grumpy? You become all things to all men. If you have to get up early, then I'm a morning person. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm a morning person. If you have to stay up late, I can stay up late as I need to. I'm a night person, glory to God. What do you want in your life? What do you want to have? If they can turn a big ship that's going through the ocean, you've seen them, those great big, huge, massive, massive ships. They've just got this little bitty rudder thing. I mean, it don't turn it instantly, but it begins to turn it. They're going this way. And that guy turns the steering wheel and instantly that thing begins to turn. It's slowly turning, but it is turning. That's That's like if you lose one pound this week, that's one you didn't gain. Don't try to set your goal, say you want to lose 150 pounds. I want to lose 10. It's a good start. It's like faith victories. Then you have a victory then it's a little easier to lose the next 10. And a little easier to lose the next 10. Say the devil's attacked you and you have had arthritis. Start taking it back. I don't have arthritis. I'll never have arthritis. No matter what your body's screaming and saying to you. Begin to get that tongue going in line with it. I have a strong back. I can lift anything. I can lift anything. My back never hurts me. I can sleep on any bed and it never hurts. I mean, it would be really, really sad for Keith and I. 25 years of traveling in a different hotel every other night to say we can only sleep in our bed. And if we sleep in another bed, our back hurts. Well, our back would be hurting 24-7 because we never stayed in our own bed. I mean, it was like a treat to be able to go home to your own house or your own bed. So you begin, you begin turning your whole life around by your tongue, by that little bitty rudder, that little bitty thing in your mouth. The answer to 98.9% of the problems in this room today, including mine, is this little thing right up under our nose. What comes out of it? What we say? How we say it? It's the funniest thing. I'll say something and Keith will say, do you really believe that? I'll go, no, 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 I don't believe that. You know, and we help each other. That's one of the smartest things that you can do. Admit where you are. Don't get your feelings hurt. If somebody's around you and they catch you saying something that they know that you would rather not have said, don't get all high and mighty about it and say, oh, it, I didn't mean it, and get mad. Be, be honest enough and sincere enough to say, no, 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 I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Get, let people around you begin to help you. Don't be the, the Holy Ghost police, though. And every time Dave says something, I go, Dave, that's not right. Don't don't, don't say that. Be gentle with them because you know what? You judge and you're going to be judged. But be gentle with them. If you see your spouse, don't say negative. Like Keith was saying Friday night. We knew some people, bless their hearts. The wife was getting older. And the husband would constantly be confessing. Well, her mother lost her mind. She'll probably lose hers. Now that's sad that your spouse is confessing that over you because not only that, because it gets in you, you start believing it, if your spouse believes it, and you start saying it, I'll probably lose my mind. My family lost their mind. They all wound up in insane asylums. I'll probably lose my mind time I'm 60. It would be funny if it wasn't so sad. But it's serious stuff that we can control our whole lives with our tongue. When you get up at the morning, ask the Lord to put a watch at the door of your mouth, that you would only say those things that would be true and spiritual and godly, that you would never say anything that would be death to you or death to someone else. Ask the Lord to help you, and He will. Ask Him to give you the words to say. Ask Him to show you what to confess over your kids. And only say positive, reinforcing things. Anybody can say something negative to somebody else. We've been around people. They say, I have the gift of discernment. Well, I don't know where that scripture verse is in the Bible anyway, but the gift of discernment. And I'm telling you, you're missing it. You're messing up. Well, everybody knows when they're messing up. We just read that. We all know when we're messing up. A gift is when somebody has messed up and you that are spiritual will encourage them and lift them up and build them up and say something positive over them. Whether they've missed it a hundred times or not, you say, you'll get it right the next time. You'll get it right. You won't ever do that again. You'll never do that again. You have a bad habit of following somebody too close. You hit them. You've done it five times. You begin to confess, I always have wrecks. I guess I'm a bad driver. I always have wrecks. I'm always winding up in the longest checkup line. I tell you, I guess I must get in that checkup line, checkout line that they always have to find the prices for. And I'm always stuck in that line. I I could, I could point to some of y'all and let you say yours, but I'm just telling mine. I'm, I'm, you know. I mean, I I could let y'all get up here and give you a microphone and tell me all your bad confessions that you've ever said over yourself. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have time for it. Y'all, y'all, we don't have time to do that. Aren't y'all glad? But you get the picture. Begin saying things over yourself that you want to come to pass in your life. Not things that you already have in your life. You already know how that works. You've been doing it for 20 years and you see the results of it. I have a fast metabolism. I can eat anything I want to and never gain weight. I never get heartburn or indigestion. I can lift anything I want to, and my back never hurts. I have strong muscles in my back. I have strong arms. My eyesight's getting stronger and stronger every day. I never have any problems with the IRS. I always have what? Too much to pay the bills. I always have extra. I can help other people. My mother is the greatest mother in the whole world. And I'm not talking about my mother. I'm just making you some confessions here. The greatest mother, she never pulls on me and never drains me. She is a wonderful mom. She's a spiritual and godly mom. God's leading her and guiding her. I have the sharpest kids of anybody. They never do drugs. No matter if they just did them last night and you had to go bail them out of jail. They never do drugs. They never fail tests. They make straight A's. They catch on to things quickly. They never lie. My children never lie. I've never caught them in a lie. They never lie. I don't catch them in lies because they never lie. They never steal. My kids will never go to jail. I'll never have to bail my kids out of jail instead of saying, that kid of mine stays in trouble all the time. I'm always having to go down there and bail him out of jail. Never. I always have strong, healthy pregnancies. I don't have miscarriages. That's for somebody. I always have strong. I carry my babies full term. I never have a miscarriage. Never. No matter if you've had six. I never have a miscarriage. Do you get the picture? I want us to stand up and I want us to do what we've been talking about. I want you, if there's been an area in your life, whether it's your mind, I want you to say I have a strong mind. I have a clear mind. We're going to confess it together. If you've had problems with your kidneys, I have strong kidneys. They function properly all the time. If you've had problems with your teeth, I've got the strongest teeth. I could eat anything. I could chew rocks if I wanted to. Because my teeth are so strong. My liver functions properly. My ears hear better every day. My eyes see better every day. My heart pumps properly. It never misses a beat. Never. Never. No matter if it's constantly missing beats. Are you ready? That's why we didn't pray earlier. Because I want you to begin to turn your own life around with that rudder. And every time a negative thought comes to your mind, I want you to open your mouth and say the positive thing. I want you to open your mouth and say the thing that you want. Not the thing that you have. Because you'll do what? Was anybody listening? Turn back to Mark 11. Mark 11. You'll have what you say. You will have what you say. Do you believe that? Do you believe the Bible? We're going to grow up today and we're going to have what we say, but it's going to be positive things. It's not going to be negative things. Okay? Father, in Jesus' name. You've heard the words today, and I just ask you to put a watch at the door of each of our mouths. And if you agree with it, you'll be praying it too. Put a watch at the door of our mouths, Father, that we never say death over our bodies, or our children, or our families, or our mothers, or our dad, or our kinfolks of any kind. That we only say those true and spiritual things that we want to come to pass, Father, in our lives. And now, heart, I speak to you, and I say, you function properly. Lay your hand on your heart. And if you don't have a heart problem, this is a good way not to have a heart problem. Everybody in here, lay your hand on your heart. Heart, you function properly. I never have any trouble with you. You're strong, and you pump. All my valves are clear. Every artery is clear. There's no blockage in my body. Put your hands on your head. I never have brain cancer. I never have brain tumors. I have the mind of Christ. I'm sharp. I remember everything I need to remember. And things I've totally forgotten about, He brings back to my remembrance. Lay your hands on your eyes. I have strong eyes. They get stronger and stronger every day. day. I see better and better every day. I I will never lose my eyesight. I'll I'll have 20 20 eyesight. Or better. better. Lay your hands on your chest again. Organs. You will always function properly. properly. I'll never have any trouble with any of my internal organs. I will never have cancer. I will never have blood problems. I'll never have diabetes. I'll never have high blood pressure. Neck, I'll never have neck problems. Or shoulder problems. Or vertebrae problems of any kind. Back problems. I'll never have any problems with my eating. I'll never have indigestion or heartburn. I'll never, ever confess again I gain weight easily. I have a high metabolism. I lose weight easily. Speak to your legs. 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 I call you strong. I'll always have good functioning legs. I'll I'll never have arthritis. I'll I'll always be able to run. run. Feet. feet. I speak to you. you. I'll never have bunions. I'll never have have corns. I'll never have have fallen orches. I'll have good strong feet all the days of my life. I'll never, ever, ever have any form of AIDS or any other disease that they don't have a cure for. I'll live long and glorify God. I'll have a strong family relationship. I have the best marriage. I have the best best husband. I have the best wife. 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 My kids are wonderful. wonderful. They always are a blessing to me. me. My job is a good job. job job. I get paid better than anybody. anybody. God always supplies all my needs. I never, I never have too little. I always have too much. Have too much. God, is my God is my source. I can do all things I through Christ. Things. Say that again. I can, I, can I, can I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. I never have fear of getting up in front of people. I never have fear I can do anything I need to do. I I have the mind of Christ. I I always get the best sales. I always always have all the people come in the store that I need. I always always make all the money that I need to take care of my family and pay for their college. Do you get the picture? Well, thank God that you do. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. I can just sense it. There's people that's got a hold of this this morning. I can sense it in here. Can y'all feel it? Glory to God. I can sense it that there's people that have begun to turn their life around, like those big ships. They can turn their whole life around and things be better than they've ever been in their whole lives. Glory to God. Well, I'm excited about it. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited because this is growing. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, we're going to be dismissed. I could keep you longer, but I don't think it's necessary. The point of what I needed to get across is a cross. I think when you walk out of here, you're going to watch what you say. And don't just open your mouth and speak and then think about it. Take the time to think about what you're going to say before you just open your mouth. And it, it'll take a little time to get used to that. It'll take a little time and people will be waiting for you to say something, but you want to say the right thing. And, and once you get used to doing that, and don't let bad things come out of your mouth, it'll become a flow and it'll be a lot easier on you. But for a while, people should be real slow to speak. Amen. Right. Should be real slow just to blurt out something. You know, make sure it's what you believe. Don't be prophesying negative over your life. Be prophesying the positive over your life. Right. Right. What you want to have, what you will have, what's going to happen. Glory to God. Well, I'm excited. We are going to, I know that uh, Wednesday is September the 11th. I don't know if all of you are aware of that or not, but we are going to have prayer on Wednesday. And uh, we're going to be praying, uh, among other things, of course, for all these families. You know, this is going to be, it's like, you know, a family member dies and it's their one-year anniversary. It's its tough on some people. And I'm sure we'll be praying for the president again. I don't want to say exactly what all we're going to be praying for, but we are going to have prayer. And we've been having a wonderful time at prayer in here. We have been accomplishing some things, and some things have been happening. So I urge you, if you haven't been a part of it, to become a part of it, because it'll help to change your life. show We've been teaching on prayer and showing people how to pray the results that they want and so i expect good results from these things but if you're not here with us on wednesday i encourage you to pray for our president and to pray for all the families of the ones that's lost people and um don't be confessing we'll have another another terrorist attack i mean there you go open your mouth again you know say we'll never have another terrorist attack we'll never get bombed by nuclear weapons never 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 We'll never be attacked with weapons of mass destruction. Never, never. The U.S. is safe from that. That will never happen to us. And say those things, confess those things, and believe them, and they will come to pass. Yeah. Glory to God. So again, Wednesday, if you think about it, pray for the president. He needs wisdom where all this stuff is concerned. If you're not here with us, then pray in your own time. And then um, pray for those families and those people that lost their lives and they, those children that lost their fathers and and you know all the things that you, we all have seen so much on on CNN. And uh, don't watch it all the time. It can be depressing to you, right. yeah. you know. So uh, just know what you need to know and go on and pray about it and go on. Okay. Glory to God. Well, let's sing something as we go this morning.